Hi guys, I'm Jessica. Hi, I'm Joseph. And this is Spirited Talks, a show that aims to make the Bible more relatable. I want to start off by thanking each and every one of you who took the time to leave a few words of kindness for us on iTunes. I don't know how to express or how to tell you that I'm so overwhelmed by what you've done. I want to thank you for all of your support and I hope that uh, we are able to give out much more than what you expect from us. Yes, and we really hope that you are blessed with uh, whatever you have heard so far and we hope to get better and we believe that God will do something beautiful out of all of this. A few days back, a dear friend of mine and a fan of the show texted me saying that she was eating a sandwich when she was listening to us on iTunes. You know who you are if you're listening to me right now. But we would really like to know what you're doing because I know this is not a short conversation. We are inviting you into our talk and we want to be a part of whatever you're doing. So... If you're eating a bag of chips or if you're drinking a cup of coffee or having a sandwich, we would like to know. Or even if you're doing something else, say probably you're driving downtown or <laughs> considering it's lockdown, I don't know how far you'd go on a drive. But if you're probably having a shave or cutting up some vegetables or even mopping the floor, we would like to know what you're doing when you're listening to us. We wanted to start this episode talking about one of the most cliched words in the Christian lingo, and that is God. It's cliched because we throw that word so easily without even realizing what we're talking about. In a nation like ours, the word God is just another name that is drowned out among so many other gods. So when we were planning this episode, we thought about talking about the character of God. And all we seemed to be doing was trying to put God inside a box that we could define. And somehow that just did not make sense because God cannot be crammed or pushed down into a box. You just cannot explain God. And surprisingly, God spoke to me when I was having a shower telling me that if I have to speak about him, I have to talk about the fact that he is a father. A.W. Towser said that what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And that's such a profound statement when you think about it. Because who is God to you? When someone asks you, say if you're at work or you're in college, in school, wherever you are, and someone asks you, who is your God? And you tell them, my God is Jesus. Well, who is Jesus to someone who has so many other gods? And that scenario is not very different from what Paul experienced when he was in Athens. Athens was also a pantheistic country. So when you think about it, what is that picture you get when you think about God? Do you see an angry God? Or an indifferent God who does not give a damn about what you're doing? Or do you see a God who's absent, who's abandoned you, who's left you on earth and gone away? Or a God who's distant, someone who exists but is really, really far away. Or someone whom you have to really chase after. I think it will help if we just pause to think about that question a bit. And when you see that image of God, you realize 
who you are and not who God is. Because God is the same yesterday, today and forever. But when you see God the way you see him, you realize who you are. So why does this matter even? The way we see it, when you look at the Bible, the one thing that God has always wanted is to have a relationship with us. It's not something new. It's not something that comes out of the Gospels. You can find it right from Genesis chapter 2. God created us for relationship. And so when we see God, we have to understand that He wants to have a relationship with us. So in my experience as a counsellor, I've just seen that um, there are a lot of kids who have lost their fathers or whose fathers have abandoned them or have gone down a line of addiction and they have just not been available to a child. And as a result of that, uh, there's so much of insecurity within the child. Uh, they do not have a person to go to or someone to look up to. Especially boys, I think they they look to their fathers as role models. But then if the father is absent or no more, uh, the child has no one to look up to. And as a result of that, he may uh, turn to addiction or uh, become aggressive, uh, not know how to really peacefully relate to other people because he just hasn't seen a stable, functioning uh, family or any relationship for that matter. There's also constant fear of provision because they don't know, um, I mean, without the father, uh, there's uncertainty about uh, food, uh, basic needs and higher education. All of these things just become uh, a luxury that they cannot afford. And so a lot of their dreams are just shattered because they do not have the means to pursue them. So from what you said about these children getting into drugs, from what I've read or seen in movies, it appears that they are trying to fill up a void. So when a child is born or a child suddenly loses his father, does he eventually manage to come to terms with the reality as it is and fill up that void? Does he become a net positive for society or does he eventually go on to a downward spiral? What what exactly is the role of a father here? There are a number of kids who um, spend the rest of their lives trying to fill up that void. It could be through drugs. It could be through multiple uh, relationships with the opposite sex, just trying to uh, satisfy uh, those needs, uh, which doesn't really work out. And it only ends up in further emotional problems or addiction problems. At the same time, um, if there is a person apart from the father who can come alongside the child and just mentor the child or uh, be a role model, there are children who can overcome the pain of being fatherless. But for those who do not have that privilege, they end up spending the rest of their lives being insecure 
uh, living in fear and anxiety uh, and often not knowing really who they are or how to relate to people because they haven't seen that role model within their own family that's such a scary thought if you think about it even if you have a family i mean imagine having to perform for getting love like your parents will tell you we'll love you only if you eat your broccoli or only if you eat your vegetables i mean that's so scary because i i can't manage to eat my vegetables i can't imagine having to grow up in a family where i would only be loved if i did that or i would only be loved if i did something that would please my father i mean performing for someone's love is such a scary thought that that just does not feel like love anymore and to make things worse if he's trying to perform for a absent love of a father how much more does he have to perform then it's is just like a like an abyss that can't be filled that you're forever trying to perform to get something that you'll never get because your real father has gone away you're performing for an artificial kind of love from someone else and that love will never fill up that void and it's not some something that can only happen to someone without a father i'm just wondering how scary it must be for those people who have fathers who aren't available to their sons yeah and the sad part is that a lot of them also keep blaming themselves uh if the father is addicted or if the father is having an affair or just leaves suddenly without explaining himself children often keep blaming themselves wondering what they had done to contribute to his decision or how bad they were because of which he left and when i think about that further i don't see how i'm many different from someone like that even when i have a proper father because i feel society i end up performing for society also like only if i have the perfect job will i be the right kind of man or only if i bring home so much money will i be loved by my wife or only if i do something correctly will i be loved or respected by people around me and i wonder you know how we can easily then attribute that to god also like only when i do this or only when i perform like this will god help me out or will god act in my life or only if i am a perfect christian will i be able to attain god's favor god's love or only if i act according to the bible will i be a perfect christian to have god's love but the strangest or the funniest thing is that's not who god is god loved us before we could do anything he he pursued us before we could even pursue him and that is the god of the bible and that is how he wants us to see him as a father who gave before we asked Right now I really feel the need to give this disclaimer that never have I ever 
told Joseph that he has to bring home so much money only then will I love him. <laughs> so stop making me sound like a villain. No, it's just something that I feel sometimes. I'm not saying that you watch me, it's just that I feel that I'm inadequate if I don't bring home so much. I feel my worth is then established by how much I bring home rather than the person I am. Yeah, I think many of us uh, are somewhere seeking approval of people, you know, like just like a child uh, comes running to a parent uh, showing their drawing and saying, look what I made and is looking for that approval and appreciation in the eyes of the parent. Many of us have those areas in our lives where we are looking for appreciation for something that we've done or looking for approval or taking decisions, hoping that so-and-so person will approve of us. And then the Bible says that God created man in his image. And I find that so pressurizing because if people see me, they should see God, right? Mm. When I can't represent myself correctly, how am I supposed to represent God? And I just feel that so much pressure on me right now. But the beauty of it all is that Jesus came in so that we would not have that pressure. And when he's talking to his disciples, the entire speech that he's giving to his disciples in John between uh, chapter 15 to 17, he tells them, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He also says that everything he does, it's, it's based on what he sees the Father doing. Yes. So God is not an absent father who just comes in now and then, but he's very involved in our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, I mean, the picture of it is so beautiful because I remember you talking about how you run to your father with the painting that you've made. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking about, it reminded me of when I was a kid. Uh, funny story. So my dad was working on the ship. So... He would he would be working six months and he would be off six months. And this was, I was around three or four years old. I don't remember exactly how old I was. Mm. But I had seen my father doing some woodwork and painting stuff at home. So after he went off to work, apparently I took a big can of oil paint. This is what my grandma and my mom had told me. I took a big can of oil paint and I painted the uh, balcony wall completely with bright red oil paint, you know, and I spilled a lot of paint on myself. And I proudly went and showed my grandma and my mom, look at what I've done. I was doing that because I saw my father paint and I was imitating him. Mm. So, So the pressure is completely taken away of me trying to represent God when I don't understand him. Because I have to see God through Jesus and Jesus saw God as a father and everything he did, he did because he saw the father doing it. He imitated God. And so when I'm imitating God, I got to see what Jesus saw. So then that pressure is no longer there because God is not someone who's absent, but he's a God who's very involved in my life. So if I have a bad image of myself, I got to rewire myself to think, hey, where did that image come from? How am I thinking that I'm I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough? Because God loved me in before I was good enough. So he found me of value even before I could produce anything of value. So my value is not within myself. It is in what God has done for me. That changes the ball game completely. That passage in John actually shows us how Father God is the perfect role model to Jesus. And uh, and that makes it easier for us to look at Jesus as our role model. 
and we can just look to Jesus anytime we don't know what to do and be copycats of him. Yeah, we just have to imitate him like a child would would imitate his father. Yeah. I like how easy we are making it sound. I guess it's not that easy for any of us to do, but at least we have a standard. Uh, at least we have someone to look at and we are not uh, orphans in that sense. I don't think it's hard. I think we make it sound cliched rather than easy. Because what Jesus came to demonstrate is the fact that it is easy. But the whole concept of the gospel has been watered down to such an extent it sounds cliched. And we have to rewire ourselves to think, hey, wait, what what was Jesus trying to say here? What I feel is that Jesus was saying that you don't need to jump through so many hoops to get to a father. You don't need to climb a thousand rung ladder to reach God and then win his approval. You just have to turn to him and call him as, Father, here, help me. And uh, it's it's like how he says that, would you as a father give your son a stone when he asks for bread? Mm. And then when I read that, I think about, if, you, if you've seen The Simpsons, I think about Homer. You know, I, I mean, he's the perfect dysfunctional dad. And he's willing to sacrifice everything just to get his daughter something or his son something. They have a need and he's willing to sacrifice whatever he can just to get them that. He'll he'll work four jobs if needed just to fulfill their need to get a horse or something like that. And if a dad, and my dad is not at all like that, but if a dad who's like Homer can do so much, mm. how much more your heavenly father? So it's it's not that we are making it sound easy, but I think that Jesus did say it was easy, mm. but... Over 2,000 years, the way the gospel has been preached, it just sounds very cliched. And we have to think about how a relationship of a father and son will be, or a father and a daughter, and then try and relate to God and Jesus. I think one of the best things to watch to get that idea is uh, there's a show called The Chosen. You Mm -hmm. can download the app called The Chosen on uh, the App Store, and you can watch eight episodes of The Chosen for free. And it perfectly represents Jesus like this this regular guy, you know, who's trying to show the father in everyday life. And that's pretty much it. So I was just thinking about the prodigal son now. And I was just thinking that if this happened in real life, an earthly father would at least mention the list of things that the child had done and what he was forgiving the child of. And then he would embrace the child. But in the case of the prodigal son, the father just embraces the child with not a single mention of the pain that was caused or the damage that was done or the finances that were blown up. He just embraces this child and probably the son thought that he did not belong here anymore and he was willing to come back as a servant and not a son. But the embrace of the father had so much of forgiveness in it uh, and so much of acceptance in it that... um, Whatever lost sense of belonging the son may have had was restored in an amazing manner. And that is who God is. The Bible is very clear about one thing. 
man was made for relationship and sin brought in isolation it's there right from the story of genesis mm. when man committed sin he isolated himself from god and today when you think about it all of the pain that the world is going through right now is from a sense of isolation covid-19 has isolated us from each other we no longer go to church we no longer meet our friends we no longer go out for coffee we no longer go out to malls we have isolated ourselves in our homes or even if you think about it actors like sushant singh committing suicide mm. or the murder of george floyd or the murder of jairaj in phoenix in tamil nadu are all rooted in isolation we see the other person as an other rather than a brother of mine we isolated ourselves so much that we no longer can relate to the other person and so we can cold heartedly mercilessly murder someone else mm. and all that is because we have isolated ourselves from each other if only we realize that we came from the same father i think our approach to people who are different from us would really change we would then realize that our source is the same and so we would think 10 times before we went out to kill someone who's different from us yeah and i think the perfect way to think about it or the perfect closing would be the the thing that jesus said to his disciples as the father loved me i have also loved you abide in my love and all we have to do is imitate his love just like a son would imitate his father and now it's time for spirited reflections this entire conversation has actually reminded me of a season just before we got married uh, i was watching the movie father of the bride and i was just looking at the last scene where the girl is getting married and steve martin is actually walking her down and i was uh, crying out to god and saying that uh, it's going to be so unfair that i don't have my dad and he is no more and so i don't get to walk down the aisle with him and it's so unfair uh but what i just heard in my heart at that time was that earthly fathers leave their daughters at the aisle but i'm not going to do that i am going to be with you every single day of your marriage and that brought in so much of security for me and such an assurance and this entire conversation just reminded me of uh, what a father god has actually been to me and all of these things that we are saying are uh, not just things that we have picked out of somewhere some theory but we've actually experienced these things in our lives yeah i think for me i've not yet been able to get over the aw tauser quote the fact that whatever we think of god is the most important thing about us mm. and no matter what you're going through you have to have the right image of god in your head because if if you if you're going through a bad time or if you're going through a bad place in your life and you start attributing those experiences to god you will not see god correctly you have to see god as a father and when you see god as a father is when you understand everything that he is doing for you and you're no longer trying to perform or trying to win or trying to struggle to meet certain requirements you're operating out of the fact that god is there with you he is not an absent god but a very involved father who's present in all of your troubles and the moment you realize that the tables just turn and you're no longer worried about your problems you know that he's right there 
and he's going to get you through. With that, we've reached the end of the show. Um, by now, you would have guessed that we live in a zoo. <laughs> the sun has gone down and I the can hear... The birds are going crazy. Exactly. I can hear crows crowing and I can hear birds chirping. It even sounds like monkeys in the trees. There's someone pounding in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of noise with doors banging in and out. So I think it's the right place for us to end this show. And we want to thank you for your time. If you like the show, share it with your friends and family. We would be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes that really helps us to push the show. If you don't have access to Apple or iTunes, it would be nice if you could try and leave a review on our Facebook page. On our next episode, we'll try and explore how to talk to this father that we have in God and that is through prayer. Thank you very much for your time once again. Talk to you soon. Bye.